Good morning, y'all. And uh, like always, we appreciate your comments in the comment section. And it's just another way to interact as a community, although we're not in person. And um, so it's it's helpful for the people that are watching. And it's also can be helpful uh, for me as well. And so this, this morning, I just want to share on how to navigate uh, the times that we live in and in so many ways we're we're navigating unprecedented times you know there's never been a a uh, an arrest on the United States as like COVID-19 has put on us um, you know there was a almost 100 years ago the Spanish flu in which there was a quarantine but it totally was um affected us in a you know in a, in a different way and then we have also obviously the, the racial tensions that have um sprouted up once again in our nation and and so like how do how do we respond as believers in christ you know we we have died we've been crucified with christ we no longer live but it's now christ who lives in us all of our identities are now found in Jesus Christ. We're hidden in Him. And our goal now as Christians is to be conformed into the image of Christ. And, you know, Romans 8.28, which is like one of, you know, it's a famous verse that we've probably heard quoted many times. But it says that, um, that God works all things for the good of those who love Him and have been called according to His purpose and then sometimes we forget about verse 29, which says, because he has predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. So why does God work all things for our good, for those who love him? It's to be conformed to the image of Christ. Now, I also will say this. If you don't love Jesus, not all things will be worked for your good. They'll keep being, they'll keep working against you. And, and that comes through, you know, the, the carnal nature of bitterness, malice, slander, just like what Zuri read this, uh, this morning. All those things, as Christians, we do away with. And so, um, I want to, like a public service announcement, there's, there's news of um, people wanting to defund the police. And I just want to very clearly say that is a big no. And the reason it's a big no is because that's a precursor to the man of lawlessness. That's an antichrist spirit. And you defund police, that is, it's just a spirit of stupid. That's all I got to say. Do not do that. Do not support that. It's, that will not go well for anybody, including the people asking for it. So, all right. So, <clears throat> I want to um, just share a verse with you that the Lord spoke to me this past week. Because it's been a heavy, it's been a heavy week. I've been in meetings with pastors, uh, black and white. We've discussed how to. Um, navigate how to move forward as brothers and, and sisters in Christ 
even with different political views, different opinions. And the main thing that as Christians, like I said, we can unite around is, is the word of God and it is Jesus Christ. That's the one consistent thing is the word of God. And the Bible is actually sufficient for racial reconciliation. It's, it has everything that we need to be racially reconciled. I mean, you read Ephesians 2, which we're going to do later. And, um, but the, the word I was asking the Lord, I was getting with the Lord. And uh, one second real quick. Lee, will you mind putting that out for me? We've got Cat warning. She tried to do this last week. She tried to steal the show. So um, she's distracting me. I got to get her out of here. <laughs> um, but the, the verse the Lord spoke to me is Matthew uh, chapter 12, verse 20. And I, because I just, I was in my time with the Lord. And I was like, Lord, I, I don't need to hear anybody else's voice. I do not need to hear all the voices out there. I need your voice. And so I felt like the Lord said, Matthew 12, 20. I didn't know what that verse was. And, you know, off the top of my head. So I, I went, looked it up. And it says, a battered reed, he will not break off. And a smoldering wick, he will not put out. Until he leads justice or judgment, it's kind of interchangeable, to victory. He will not, a battered reed, he will not break off. A smoldering wick, he will not put out. Until he leads justice to victory. And in his name, the Gentiles will hope. So what is justice? And so what's kind of, it's, it's painting this picture of, He's Jesus bringing justice to the earth. And so justice is the way Jesus defines it. That's what true justice is. And there's no justice, according to the gospel, there's no justice without repentance of sins. You can't be justified without repentance of sins, without giving your heart to Jesus and allowing him to make you right with God. Because we're all enemies of God until we call upon his name and ask, us, ask him to save us. And so the, set, the real question is, just like in Joshua 5, when the captain of the Lord's army appeared before Joshua, and Joshua said, are you for us or are you for our enemies? And he said, no. But rather, where you're standing is holy ground. So the question is, are, are you for us or against us? The question is, are we on God's side? And so I feel like this is the, kind of pointing to the same thing. And so... For me, we, our black brothers and sisters, a lot of them are in pain right now. And so, as a family, what do you do when a family member is in pain? Whether they, you believe that, um, whether or not where the source of pain comes from, you come alongside them, you sit beside them, you talk to them, you listen to them, you comfort them, you try to encourage them. And you try to speak the truth to them. And so that's what we're called to do in this hour. No matter all the political twisting and turning of this issue. Is that we're called as brothers and sisters to come along. And stay in the room and stay in relationship with our brothers and sisters. Yes. That's what we're called to do. And it doesn't mean we all agree on everything. It doesn't mean you have to agree. I love Jessica 
And my children, more than anything in this world, we don't always agree. What? Just because she said what? Because I usually just agree with her. And but um, that's neither here nor there. So, but God's God's really doing an amazing thing in the church right now. Um, you know, Jesus's prayers from John 17 about unity in the body of Christ. They have to be fulfilled. Because God himself was praying them. Mm. <laughs> they have to be fulfilled. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And so, you know, yesterday I was uh, part of a group that did a prayer walk around downtown Athens from 10 to 12. And uh, there was a, I was part of eight pastors that were there. And there's probably 80 other people, according to some other people's head counts. And uh, Bo and Amber Larkin were down there, and they, but they, were, they, didn't, they actually didn't know about the prayer rally, the prayer walk, and um, they were eating breakfast downtown. They, they saw the prayer walk organizing. Bo sent a text out, and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be there. And so, and so uh, we broke up into small groups and walked around downtown. And uh, so it was me and Bo and Amber and little Scarlett. And the first place we went to was at the courthouse steps. And as we were praying, uh, just like godly sorrow came over us. And we're, we're weeping, and I'm, I'm ugly crying. I'm, I'm groaning, and I'm, like I said, it's, I'm ugly crying, crying. I'm, Amber's makeup's running down her face, and, and you know, we're, we're both ugly crying. And so, but what we were repenting of is the thing that was overwhelming my heart is that was that, um, you know, in Psalm 19, it says, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. And so we're crying out, Lord, if there is a fear of the Lord, everything will be straightened out and all hearts will be made clean. And the fear of the Lord is to not trust in your own righteousness. It's not to be self-righteous. This is on both sides of the issue. But for us to fear the Lord and to fear Him only, and when we fear the Lord... Our hearts will be cleansed and we will see things rightly. And so it was just, and godly sorrow came over us. Because we need the Lord. It's that simple. We need a spirit of repentance to just come over the entire church. Black, white, red, yellow, brown, all the colors. We need a spirit of repentance. Because we've been found sleeping. We have been found sleeping, and we need an awakening. And so, we prayed. And repented for the way we as mankind Think we know better than God. 
think that we know what is right. That was the original sin in the garden. Adam and Eve thought they knew better. There's people raging at the Lord, there's rebellion in the heart of man. And there is no peace. There's a, we have a sickness, it's a rebellious heart. Jeremiah 17, 7 says, The heart is desperately wicked, who can understand it? Nobody can even understand their own heart. So who are we to say we understand something else that's going on? Other than what the God, the Word of God says is right and wrong. And if we cry out for a spirit of repentance, I'm telling you, Jesus will make it right. He will sort out the wheat from the tares. And, and in the parable of the wheat and tares, you know, they said, there is a man, he sowed seed into his field. And his servant said, an enemy has come and planted weeds in your field. Do you want us to get rid of the weeds? And the, and the master said, no, let the wheat and the tares grow up together. And then at harvest, then at harvest, I will separate the wheat from the tares. And the tares will be burnt up and the wheat will be brought into my barn. Jesus is going to sort it out. You just have to keep your eyes on Jesus. You have to be, you got to have your word, your, your face in this book, reading it and taking it in because this is the only thing that we'll, we can rally around. It is sufficient. The word of God is sufficient. It is sufficient. It's, it's sufficient to make the man and woman of God complete and mature, not lacking anything. And so I also want to encourage you to not take the bait. Do not take the bait. Do not be offended. Keep your heart from offense. That word offense in the Greek is the word scandalon. And it's where we get the word scandalous. And it literally means the stick that you trip and you fall into a pit. It means the trap. It means the snare. And Psalm 91 says, He keeps you from the snare of the fowler. Not only does God protect us from the pestilence of COVID-19, but He protects us from the snare of the fowler, from the, from the snare of offense that the devil has set up right after the pestilence. Now he's trying to set up a snare of offense. Don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. And I want you to know that, you know, Jesus experienced racism. So how did Jesus respond to racism? Well, Jesus was, had a lot of, he did a lot of his ministry in Galilee, which is in the northern part of Israel. And in between Jerusalem and Galilee was the area of Samaria. Now you might remember the Samaritan woman, John chapter 4. Which that was unheard of in that time for a Jew to talk with a Samaritan, but also 
a Samaritan woman who has been known to have many husbands, just about as uh, blasphemous as it came by religious standards in that day. And so Jesus, the scripture is uh, in Luke chapter 9. So the Samaritans, they had, a, they had a different temple. They had different form of worship. And the Samaritans were Jew. They were considered half-breeds by Jewish people because they were not only Jews, but they had Assyrian blood in them. So you had the kingdom of Israel was split up into two kingdoms. You had a northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Israel was called the northern kingdom. Judah was called the southern kingdom. And in, 17, in 722 BC, the Assyrians invaded Israel, the northern kingdom, and led them into captivity. But there are some Jews that stayed behind, and then there are some Assyrians that populated that area. They intermarried, they uh, bred together, and so you got Sumerians out of that. So you had Jewish Assyrian blood mixed up in there. And Assyrians, Babylonians, basically any Gentile uh, was was not looked upon with a smile by the Jews. And so Jesus is he's going through Samaria on his way to Jerusalem. And his uh, he sent messengers ahead of him as it says in Luke 9 chapter uh, excuse me verse 51 and they entered the village of the Samaritans to make arrangements for him. But they did not receive him because he, he was traveling toward Jerusalem. So they're like, this guy's going to Jerusalem. He's going to like the Mecca of the Jews, the, the, the home base of the Jews. And so he's like, you know, we don't like Jews. We're not going to even, we're not going to help this guy because he's Jew. He's a Jew. So when his disciples, James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? And Jesus, this is Jesus' response to racism. He turned, because James and John, their response to racism is that they wanted, they wanted to kill these guys. They wanted to destroy them. You want us to call down fire on them. But this is how Jesus responded. He turned and he rebuked James and John. And he said, you do not know what kind of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went on to another village. So the disciples wanted vengeance. Jesus wanted to save men and women. So another question to ask is what is God doing right now? And what is the devil doing right now? Well, the first thing I want to go into is this, what, what is the devil up to right now? Well, John 10, 10 gives the mission statement of the devil. The thief comes to only steal, kill, and destroy. And then Jesus gives his mission statement. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus comes to give life. And not just life, abundant life. So the devil, he's stirring up strife. 
bitterness, malice. That word malice is the intent to injure. The intent to injure. He's stirring up vengeance. He's stirring up hatred. He's stirring up confusion. Both black and white. He's doing that in those uh, ethnicities in particular. And why is the devil so stirred up? Because God is on the move. God's up to something good, something powerful. The most, I believe we're going to see in our lifetime the most powerful revival in all of history. I believe harvest time is upon us. And I believe just like Azusa Street, we had William Seymour, a one-eyed black man, Who would, who would sit outside of seminary classes in the hallway because he wasn't allowed to sit with the, the white man in class. But yet, he didn't let that stop him. He didn't get offended at the injustice. But he would say, he's like, well, if they're not going to let me hear the word of God, hear the Bible, hear the word of God in the class, then I'll sit outside the class and listen. And because of his humility, because of his unoffendable heart, God used him as a catalyst of the greatest modern day awakening that we've known of. And you see pictures of William Seymour, there's white and there's black standing together with signs and wonders and still some of the most amazing miracles that have ever happened, but more importantly, unity in the faith. And black and white coming together was even more scandalous than maybe it is now, or much more so, back then in 1906. And so they would say that the Spirit of God moved in such a powerful way that the fire department would show up at their meeting place on Azusa Street because they saw flames coming out of the, out of the building but when they went rushed inside, there was no fire. There was a burning bush on that building. There was a burning fire that does not consume in the physical, but consumes the hearts of men and women and purifies and refines. And we need that same Pentecostal fire in our hearts right now. We need it more than ever. And for those who want the fire, God's going to bring black and white together. And it's the work of God. And we do our part by staying in the room, staying in the upper room, staying in relationship, but stay in the room. Stay in the room. Doesn't mean absolute agreement with every single thing. If, you're, if, if you have relationships based off people that only agree with every single thing you believe, then you you might have servants. I don't know. That's not relationship. And so God's on the move. And in Revelations 12, I always have this picture of the devil when he's raging like this in the nations of him just frothing at the mouth, tossing and turning. And Revelations 12 says that uh, for this reason, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. 
But woe to the earth and to the sea, because the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, knowing that he only has a short time. The devil has a short time. And Jesus is king of the earth. This morning I was just saying, declaring, Jesus, you're the king of the earth. You're the king of the earth. You are the king of the earth. God has not vacated his throne. He has not vacated his throne. He is master and ruler. He will do all that he please. And he's going to see that every word that he's ever spoken comes to pass. And so in verse 15 in Revelation 12, it says the serpent, which is called the dragon earlier in the chapter, poured water like a river out of its mouth. Now, normally dragons, as we know them, breathe out fire, right? So why, why is this dragon pouring out a river of water? And last week I spoke about how media and social media are fountains, can be fountains of bitterness. And these fountains, of, and, and like Hebrews talks about, a root of bitterness sprouts up and defiles many. And so these these media outlets that have that are founded in bitterness, founded in agendas of of evil and hatred and bitterness, you, if you drink from those fountains long enough and without a discerning heart, you will become bitter. It will defile you. And that's and then you take the bait of Satan, and he's got you right where he wants you. I, I, my favorite movie in the world is Braveheart because it's all about freedom. And I don't like the idea of any of anybody or anything controlling me other than Jesus. And so he's the, the devil's releasing rage and wrath in the earth right now, and it spews like venom. So do not drink from this this river that comes out of the serpent's mouth. So you have to ask Holy Spirit to help you discern. Maybe you need to take, I've got, I've got some friends that they've taken a break from Facebook and they said, it's been amazing. <laughs> you know, maybe you need to do that. Maybe you need to take a break and let the Lord just wash over you. But the devil is in a, uh, Ephesians or Colossians. I, I'm sorry, I forget the, the reference, but it's the devil, a name of his is called the Prince of the power of the air. And so the devil has been given some authority in the airwaves. So you have to operate. He's trying to control narratives. He's trying to control uh, language. And so this is why now more than ever, we've got to know the book. You've, we have to know this narrative. We have to know the book. I can't say that enough. Get in the word. Read the word. Meditate on it. Memorize it. Understand the gospel story. Get in the word. Get in the word. Get in the word. So what is God doing? We know about the bad news. What's the good news that trumps that? God is ripening our hearts for awakening and revival. And so even when God's up to something good, there's pain involved. Matthew 24 verse 8 says that there's birth pangs that happen in the earth when God's about to move. And uh, any of you women that have given birth to children, you know that it's there's there was pain involved. But when that baby was born, all that pain, it was worth it. 
it was worth it. Uh, I mean, I was, it was pain for me. I got put in a headlock whenever Josiah was born. So, I mean, even, even I experienced birth pangs. And so, but there's, so even when God is birthing something, there's pain involved. And it's, pain is not always a bad thing. God never says in the Bible, pain is sin. <laughs> he never says pain is sin. Now, if it's coming from, now, if you're experiencing pain from a wounded place, from a sinful place, then he wants to heal that. Just like in Psalm 139, it says, search me, O God, and know me. Try me and know my anxious thoughts or and, and, uh, and see if there be any way of pain in me. And, and that word for way of pain can also mean idol. And so typically what causes pain in our hearts is when we've, at, when we've erected an idol and decided to worship it for some reason. And it can be what we're not even aware that we've, we've erected this idol in our hearts. I've certainly erected my fair share of idols in my life. And it's caused me great pain. The Lord's in the business. God is so good and so faithful and so so willing and, and able to heal. He's just bring, he, There's hope in our nation right now, guys. There's hope in our nation. God is on the move. And so it says the devil is the prince of the power of the air. And I just want you to know that he is a prince. He's not a king. There's only one king. Jesus Christ. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I have to give Elvis Presley some credit. One time he was in a concert and this row of young girls held up a banner and said, Elvis is King. And he stopped and he said, no, Jesus Christ is King. So even Elvis knows who the King is. All right, moving on. <laughs> Now, in Joel chapter 2, verse 13, it says, Rend your heart and not your garments. Now return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness, and relenting of evil. So God's asking us not to rend our hearts. And so what would happen back in that day when somebody was wanted to act very grieved, and um, heartbroken, they would rip their garments. And so when Jesus said in the temple before the high priest that he basically admitted to being the son of God, Caiaphas, the high priest, ripped his garments. Oh, blasphemy. And so Joel chapter 2 is saying the same thing. It's like, don't give me your religious rending of the garments and acting like you're going to do something. I want your hearts. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Don't give me religious activity. Don't give me good works because your works are like filthy rags. Give me your hearts. And this is what God is doing right now because there's a lot of even people who are going, who are um, protesting. And as soon as the protests die down, they're not going to do anything. That's the, that's the ripping of the garments. But as followers of Christ, we've been called to actually make a difference and to stay 
in the room and to love and love has perseverance as it perseveres in all things. And so that's what love looks like. And you can't have love that perseveres if it's not from Jesus Christ. So he's asking us to rend our hearts and not our garments. And there's a lot of garment ripping going on right now. So if true rendering of the heart acknowledges that first, we are not God. Therefore, we recognize we're not all-knowing. Second, we are not righteous. Romans 3.10 says, There is no one righteous. No, not one. Third, we look to God for solutions and action points. Systems and legislation, it can be good. But man is going to twist every system and every legislation. I ask you to look in the nations of the earth and find me a government that doesn't have some corruption in it. Find me a nation that doesn't have any problems. On every level. Now, I also believe that God, you know, this George Floyd case, it was, it's been a little different from all of the other um, racial tension hotspots in history. And it's because I believe God is using it to tip, to be the straw on the, that breaks the camel's back, to bring healing for the purpose of healing. And God is laying the ax to the root of this thing in our nation, of, of, the, of the, the root of racism in our nation. He's because what we've been doing over history is dealing with bad fruit, bad fruit, bad fruit. And when you pick a bad fruit, guess what? Fruit grows right back. So God's dealing with the root, the root. And we can pray in that way. He said, God, lay the ax to the root of this thing. Chop the head off this thing. Just like you did Goliath. God is exposing evil agendas in government and society. These agendas are going to claim a false love apart from God. They're going to claim a false morality apart from God. They're going to claim a false justice apart from God. Justice only comes through the cross. That's why Jesus came. And so there will be different movements that are going to arise out of this. The movement you want to follow is the one where Jesus has preeminence in all things. Where Jesus is the head. Jesus is the focus. His name is set above every other name. Matthew 6, says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And I spoke earlier of how... God is allowing the wheat and the tares to rise up together. There's a real issue of coming alongside our black brothers and sisters during this time. There's a real need to do that. And at the same time, there's another thing. There's another movement coming up alongside of that that's trying to tear down, that's trying to tear apart, divide, strife, malice, contention. And they're rising up in the same field. And so we have to know. You have to know the Lord. 
You have to know his word. You have to know his voice. There's no other options for the days ahead. You can't live off anybody else's oil. You can't live off anybody else's relationship with the Lord. You got to know the Lord. You got to know his word. I'm telling you now more than ever, know the word, know the word, and you will be like a, you will become like Jesus. You will be like a rock in the middle of the storm. That's part of being conformed to the image of Jesus is you become a rock. You become unmovable in your convictions about the gospel and Jesus Christ and who he is and what he came to do and who he says you are. And how do we resist the devil? We stand firm and resist the devil. What does standing firm look like? It looks like being a rock. You humble, we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. We submit ourselves to God and God will fight for us. Submit your heart to the Lord. If your heart is not surrendered to God fully right now, if he doesn't have everything in your life, you can be led captive very easily. It's time to get right with God. It's time to surrender everything. Because the, the, the lines are being drawn in the sand. The fear of the Lord is coming to the church. Where everything will be exposed. The light will expose the darkness in all of our hearts. And that's why even, like I said yesterday, at the courthouse steps, we got a taste of that. I was praying on those courthouse steps. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. What this? We got a mess in our nation right now. The fear of the Lord is clean, and it's the only thing that can clean up this nation. Is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. And I, I want to end with Ephesians chapter 2. And here Paul's talking about reconciliation between Jew and Gentile. This is the issue we're facing right now. Black and white. And I want to say that in God's eyes, we're one race. Doesn't mean that I don't I don't like the, the term colorblind. I don't see color because that's it's just it's literally not true. Uh, you have to see color. And then there's beautiful things about everybody's culture. Uh, we joke around, you know, Jessica um, has joked around about, you know, she, she would have been happy to marry a black man. And I, I told her, I said, her wish or her dream partially came true because I, I love so much of the black culture. And um, I think there's amazing fathers in the black community. I think there's amazing worshipers in the black community. I love the lightheartedness of the black community. And there's so much I love about their culture. I don't want to do away with that. Unity is not uniformity. 
And that's and God doesn't either. Why did he create different colors? That was his idea. He must thought it was a good idea. Because everything he does is good. But Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 11, says, Therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That's bad news. No hope and without God. That's bad news. Verse 13, But now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Good news. Good news. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. It's been broken down by the blood of Jesus Christ. By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two. Listen, one new man in place of the two. So making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. Jesus has killed the hostility that divides. So for those who know Christ, you know, we, we said this yesterday at the, at the prayer walk, Black, yellow, red, brown, and white. That We're all precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. And so, that there's so much truth in that song. But this is what's going to happen, though, on Judgment Day. You know, I, I'll go back to Matthew 12. It says that he will, a bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly lit candle he will not snuff out until he's brought justice, judgment to the nations. So when Jesus comes back, he's not going to sort us out by black, brown, red, yellow, white. That's not how he's going to sort us out. The way he's going to sort us out is, do you know Jesus? Do you not know Jesus? With God or without God? Two groups. That's going to be the sorting out on judgment day. That's how we have to live. And I want to say, just as I want to reiterate, staying in the room with our black brothers and sisters, loving them, loving them, even while they're in pain, love them, walk with them, stay in the room. But there's not going to be any justice without the cross. There's not going to be any redemption. There's not going to be any reconciliation without the cross. And there's and like I said, the wheat and tares are coming up together. They're going to look very very similar. And the only way you're going to know what's wheat and what's tares is if you know the word. You have to know the word in this hour. And if you're like, I haven't been reading my Bible. Just start today.
to start today. And I pray that God would make his word like honey to you, that you would take and eat the scroll and it would become the joy and the delight of your heart, that he would revive you according to his word, that he would allow you to run in the way of that he would enlarge your heart so you could run in the way of his commandments. But love the word, take it in.